And we are recording. It's started. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Um, I'm so excited to meet you, Pat. I you this is what I remember. You entered my life through LinkedIn. You just wrote and said, like, hey, I like what you're doing. And I looked at your background and I thought, he seems like he's doing really good stuff too. So can you tell me a little bit about how you ended up here in the Bay Area and just how you got to Beautiful Voyager? Yeah, sure. So I got in the Bay Area about a year ago. We moved from Boston. So um so funny enough, you'll have a hard time because I have a French-Canadian accent. Now it's mixed with Bostonian, if I can say that, and California now. So please bear with me. I'm trying to pronounce well and, and, and kind of skip the Bostonian, but now we make fun about it. But yeah, so about a year ago, we moved to California uh, for my wife's work. Uh, we had an opportunity to move, so super excited. It's a dream coming through. Uh, we do a lot of outdoor sports, uh, like mountain bike, uh, skateboard. I do now surfing. So it's uh, the weather and the people. We always love the West Coast. So even being from Canada, we consider uh, Western Canada to move at one point. But, you know, life timing was never good. Jobs weren't there. So anyways, uh, long story short. So about a year ago, uh, we landed here in the Bay Area, first in Mountain View, and then we moved to Redwood City. So right now I'm sitting, uh, we rent a house here. Uh, it's been uh, a year here and uh, since December in uh, Redwood City, and we just love it because it's central. And It's uh, so strange yeah. that you arrived and then everything locked down. What a strange experience. Yeah, and, and, and honestly, that's, uh, yeah, it's just been, yeah, it's just been awesome and, and, I would say fairly quick because, uh, especially because I'm I'm re reinventing myself, and that's what I like to do. Uh, I don't feel I, I want to be labeled or be boxed in, um, and because of and we'll go through some of the stuff, my recovery and everything, self discovery, really being my true self and doing what I really want, and of course having the support to do it, which was which is important, but. Yeah, so uh, I know it can, I try to not making confusing for people because uh, um, I'm really focusing and I've been focusing for the past year on, on mental health. And that's why I found you and Beautiful Voyager to come back to your question. Um, when I arrived in California, the first thing I did is was I need to find my peers. So I, I call them my peers. So people with mental health challenges and people making the impact and being change agents. And that, that's what I consider myself too. So I want to hook up with, with those people doing great things. So yeah, so yeah, through connection. So somebody uh, talked to me about Margot Joffre. She's at Verizon and then yes. got linked with uh, Kelly at uh, Mindshare Partners. And then I think she commented on something you wrote and said, wow, who's this person, what she does? And then I, I saw your book and I said, wow, I love this. And uh, so I just, yeah, I just hooked up with you, got your book, read it and commented to you and you reply back. I was like, wow, that's, that's, that's nice. It was meant to be, I guess. And it's <laughs> starting for now. And uh, you just, uh, yeah, you, you just offered to, to partner, which is, which is awesome. Um, so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. So that's, yeah, that's where uh I landed and uh, started. And also when I arrived uh, here, um, the first thing I did, and it was funny because it was the f really the first week I arrived, 
uh, CAMPRO, which is uh, the association with I'm, I'm working with right now. So it's the California Association for a Peer-Run Organization. Mm-hmm. So we support, train, and advocate with the government, but support peer-run organizations, so non-clinical places where they help people with mental health challenges. Uh, it can be um, uh, just places to hang out, to respite, to different kind of setups. Um, so we do, uh, that's what we do, but they had a, a workshop and a presentation in St. Matteo in my County. So the same week. So I told my wife, I said, I have to go. So I said, <laughs> okay, let's go. So I just went and not thinking about it. Like, anyway, that's, I guess that's my approach. I just jump and then look what happens. <laughs> so, and then I, I ended up, uh, doing a, a part of the workshop with the executive director and one of the director of training, uh, doing brainstorm on different things. And somebody said, well, they're looking for somebody to help them out with support, coordination. And it ended up, I, I was uh, facilitating groups online, road groups and helping adv- with the advocacy with the, with the Newsom, uh, Governor Newsom here. Wow. So, uh, yeah, so it was good. Wait, so part, I, okay, yeah. Pat, this is all amazing. What Sorry, I know really, yeah, I, I need to I'm, orient myself so, a little bit. I, what I want to know is, like, what happened before? So how did you, yeah. you're from Montreal originally. What happened? Yeah. When did you start even thinking about mental health? Like, what came before that? What was your other life? Sure. Thanks for that as well. I, I saw another of your podcasts, and I don't remember the lady's name. She said, oh, thank you for bringing me back. Because I guess she's like me, and I, I get so uh, passionate and talking about <laughs> thanks for that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so... Coming back, my short bio. So um, I was born and raised in Quebec City in Canada. Uh, so French Canadian. So uh, yeah, so I grew up there. I went to uh, business school in Montreal. So my background is uh, uh, business administration, marketing. Um, and when I, when I got out of school, I did some sales job, but I, I got into the medical field right away uh, because I felt, always felt I wanted to make a difference and help people. So, uh, and there's no wrong things with selling other stuff, mugs or anything else. But to me, I wanted to, to be closer to the medical field for my own interest. And so, um, yeah, so I started to work for a medical device companies uh, over there um, in marketing. So I did pretty much my, my uh, career uh, through different marketing jobs and uh, like, high responsibility and with the stress coming with it. And, uh, and I'll make the link with mental health in just a second. So uh, that's what I wanted. So it was fine. I made my progression, but um, I, I found I had a hard time dealing with, with, with the stress, questioning, is that the right feel for me? I know it was stretching a lot of things like mentally, and uh, but still I was having success. So then um, uh, in 2004, I think during, I think in my mid twenties, I would say, so I'll, I'll reveal my age a little bit, but <laughs> in, uh, yeah, maybe in uh, my mid twenties, I first burn out uh, at work and uh, just many people experience it for me. It was like the wires really touch in my brain. I couldn't go on anymore. Uh, I'm a perfectionist. I'm a people pleaser, overthinker. So I think I fit right in. Beautiful so, Voyager. You are such a beautiful Voyager. It's oh, so thank clear. You. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> so, yeah. So plus I know we all carry baggage and, and stuff, but, but mainly it was, uh, yeah, just 
not able to manage and, and just really uh, needed a break. But I took that break and I went back to work. So yeah, to make it shorter. So I, I kept going. And then uh, that was in Montreal. So I kept working in Montreal. And then um, my wife and I, we always wanted to go work somewhere somewhere else. So we travel a lot. We love to travel for leisure. We both travel for work. Um, so we said we'd like to work in the US, in Europe, Australia, anywhere, just like experiences. So my wife um, often has opportunity with her work. Um, she's in the pharma. She works in oncology. So uh, so then Boston came up, which is what not too far from Montreal. We could drive there. So we we just said, yes, let's jump on it and let's go. So um, and I was super excited to do it. So uh, as well. So we arrived there. I was super pumped. Uh, I found I was looking for work still in my in my field and marketing because that's my experience. But at that point, I guess I was coming close to my 40s. Uh, not I guess I was coming close. I kind of put the mid not midlife, but the 40 crisis in there. I throw um, like bad management, um, uh, blocking emotions all my life. Like life's too short to be sad it was my motto, my phrase, always saying that, which was... Uh, I thought it was great, but <laughs> it kind of piled up a bunch of mm. things. Anyways, uh, people ask me often why, and it's like the like the series, a million little things. I don't know if you follow yep. that. Probably, um, it's. I love this title because it's so true. So there's not just one answer, but uh, yeah. So then I was alone at home, winter and stuff kick in. I was questioning what I want to do, and then uh, uh, it's just spiraled down so quickly. Even my wife and I didn't understand what was going on. So that's where I really experienced like my worst uh, uh, mental health challenges um, at that point. Uh, so it, it was very, yeah, very, very hard. So the first, I would say the first year uh, in Boston was tough. And uh, I don't know how much in details and I'll know I'll write about it. There's so many things, but uh, yeah, it was tough. But the main thing is that, uh, yeah, I was able to, uh, to survive and, and recover. Uh, and Had you known proud. up until Boston, like, oh, this is mental health issue? Or did you not yeah, know? Good question. Uh, I, guess, I guess I did. And even I remember my wife, and we often talk about it and looking back and uh, in a good way, I would say. But even, she, I mean, myself, when you're in it, yes, but... I kept going, you know, I just kept pushing. I said, I can, I got this. I can get this through. It's just a bump. I'm super stressed. Uh, at that point, I think I, I wasn't feeling really, I didn't know I was depressed. I thought I was just super stressed, anxious. Panic yeah. Attack. See, that's what I mean. Like you yeah. didn't really recognize depression. You just, yeah. also, we don't know that there's another choice, right? I mean, what right. choice do we have? It seems like all you can do is keep going. Yeah, and the way, depending on the way you're right, and the way we're made, like, I I was born and always pushing and pushing and say, oh, it's fine, and not really pushing emotions away. So I was like, no, I got this. I can shake it off, like, like I hear often. And and even my wife, she, she at one point, she said, this is mental health. Like, this is mental health issues. It's, it's, but I think she said it, not really realizing, even yeah. myself, I wasn't denying it. I was like, no, 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 it's exaggeration. Uh, I'll get over it. But then it just went just a downward spiral. So, um, 
but you're right yeah it's 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 a great question and i think that's one of the message too is that like like i have a lot of friends and peers now and i did my i will talk about it my certification and i was like man people go through hard stuff like really hard stuff and i was telling myself come on pat like you were born and raised in a loving family like no real big problems and stuff what are you complaining about just care you know it's uh, i know yeah it just goes like that but yeah so um is there an awareness of mental health in the french community in canada like is that is that something people talk about uh yeah good question i think it's uh similar to u.s north america i would say a lot of uh stigma um no it's still it's still i guess at the same point i would say i don't know if it's more talked about not really like we experienced when i was younger uh, uh, um, some people i knew with suicide or friend not too close but i mean once you you go through it it, it was never really talked about like it was there but then people just carry on and um yeah not not really and the, the stigma definitely i would say like uh, at work even myself like looking back now that that i'm in it and i know that words matter and things like that like like you see on tv psycho uh, sick crazy like yeah i use the word crazy but i use it because a situation my own situation i define it crazy i'm not saying i'm crazy i'm not saying anybody is crazy like i'm being careful using it but um and I know I hear some people, even close friends, say, "Oh, it's becoming so complicated. We cannot say this word. We cannot say that word." And this, I say, "Yeah, but you have to look at other people's worldview as well. Like, it doesn't hurt you, but maybe it's gonna hurt and hurt or re-traumatize other people." So, anyway. So let's go back to you're really depressed. Your wife is saying this is a mental health issue. You're in Boston. Um, what happens next? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I, I, what happens next is just goes to the, yeah, I think like you said, not realizing it, but I guess I'm also the type of person who has to hit the bottom or hit a wall to realize things, uh, either because I deny, I don't understand I'm stubborn or all, all of, all of the above. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I really hit, hit the bottom. Uh, I attempted suicide um, so I couldn't go, uh, that low. Um, and I know in, in different writings and when I tell my story, I give a little bit more, not, not the graphic information, but I wouldn't say like try to justify or give the reasons, but at least some of the reasons why, and, and really, um, try to have people understand or connect with people that would feel the same way when everything is shut down, you're really far down. Uh, in my experience, and I'll just say that, is that um, one of the doctors, when I did a program, when I was in, in uh, recovery, he called it the dead zone. So it's a bad word, the dead zone, but I haven't heard about it. And he said, well, it's when all feelings shut down. Like, And I was like, wow, I wish I knew that before it happened to me. Yeah. I didn't have a clue. I thought I wasn't loving anybody anymore. Like numb. Just yeah, numb. numb. Yeah. Like no feelings. Like, and for my wife, like you know, everybody's going to go, Oh, it's so cute. But like, I love my wife so much. She's my life. And 
my family, but especially my wife, because I was with her in Boston. Family was away. Yes, we talk and stuff. So I've always been super close to her. With good, we're with great partners. And so, um, and then not feeling that and not being mm. able to tell in her eyes, like, do you still love me? I couldn't lie. But in my head, I was like, it's impossible. So it got so confused. Plus then I was so far and even chemically in my head, like, I don't think there was much I can do more. So, um, so that was a really, uh, uh, the tipping point of, of to go in the action mode. And, and, and fortunately it, it, it didn't work. So, uh, I mean, uh, then started the hospitalization, uh, recovery and, uh, fortunate enough, um, like she, my wife took me and uh, she she found me with a friend and uh, she took me to uh, or she took me to MGH, a great hospital in Boston is known Massachusetts worldwide. General, yeah, 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 Massachusetts General, and yeah, and so uh, and then there that's my other message of hope is that you know real human being. Uh, healthcare professionals exist. <laughs> yes, they do. So <laughs> even if we have, I've had so bad experience, almost that leads me to my, what well, was part of how I felt bad because they made me feel worse. I try to forgive and it's, it's a process, but uh, I mean, it's hard to find good people. But, it is so hard. I, uh, I, I was just talking with a group. I started a mental health group at Pinterest where I work and yeah. We were all talking about some bad experiences with therapists and just yeah. how, you know, a couple of people in the group said, I'm just, I just don't trust. Like I've tried a few times. It's not good. Some yeah. really bad experiences. Like I don't want to try again. And I just thought, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And, and, and it's, I think the key is, is also not giving up because I've knocked on so many doors and uh, I've heard that. I hear that from you and, I hear it from from many people but it's it's really worth uh just keep going and and have family i would say and also people to advocate i know i've been to different places where i wish like maybe my my wife or uh of course in boston i was with her so she would have been there just to help me because i was not able to advocate properly for myself and some doctors thought i was seeking just opioids or opioids yeah yeah and in boston what changed pat like what changed at massachusetts general was it at massachusetts general that you started to see things differently like what did you have a moment where you got a different perspective or was it medication or like what what helped yeah um uh, many things i think uh because me it was in my case it was so severe and acute so I ended up right away in ER and OR, ER and uh, in the hospital. So I was taking afterwards right to the uh, uh, psychiatric ward or, or block. So gladfully, I was taking in charge. And the beauty of it, of it is that not only great people and caring providers, but it's a multidisciplinary team that mm. meets, that was meeting with us. So I would meet at least once a week. We had a, a like formal meeting where we sit down, not too formal. We just sit down with coffee or whatever, but they were listening to me. So they were asking me really how I feel, how does that go? And then uh, not take anything for granted, not judging me. And I could say things as they are. Um, so I felt right away, I felt taken seriously and, 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 
if you, if you add like antidepressant, you know, it takes time to work. Mm-hmm. Some things work. And I mean, they're not, they're not gods. They don't know everything and they know they don't. So they have to try, but sometimes it's the time you don't have because you need to write to work right away. So to your question, I think, uh, yes, it took a bit of time. They find the right recipe, but being in the hospital, which I was super afraid to go to, by the way, uh, my wife had the phone in her hand to call 911 when I was at the peak of my crisis. Uh, I, I never wanted her to call. And at the point where I, I was, I was, yeah, I was so scared to, they, they would take me, lock me in a psychiatric hospital for the rest of my life. Because in that state of mind, I, I will be like this for all my life. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm completely doomed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's that's key as well in the recovery, knowing that everything is temporary. But when when you're sick, we've all been through through stuff. But in my case, uh, it was my the rest of my life. But to come back to the hospital is the, the contrary. It's like I was in the best setup, so they could try faster uh, medication, which yes, it helped. But it was also the multidisciplinary team, which I had a psychiatrist, a therapist, social worker. The nurses were so great, patient. Uh, and also, so then the medication could help. Um, the other thing that helped me is they, they did a, a cognitive behavioral therapy. Yes. So CBT right away, because for yeah. acute, it's great for as acute um, treatment, if I can say. So really help with my distorted thoughts uh, and it's funny uh, by the way about that because they gave me a, a sheet you know with 10 or 15 distorted thoughts you can have so the negative thoughts um, uh, extreme thoughts uh, and, and all these kind of things you can think that can somewhat distorted and I, I read the list and I, I told like the nurse and I said I have them all and I was so discouraged. Like I was almost crying. I was like, man, I'll never get through that. And that was just like a few days after I was hospitalized or maybe a week. And I was like, man, there's so much work to do. But then I always remember the nurse said, let's put the sheet down. She put it in a drawer. Why don't you go just have a shower? Huh? And we'll go have, you'll go have dinner. Your wife's going to come to to see you today and we'll talk about it later. And so, and then it just put things down. So I think it's a mix uh, of caring people. Yes, the meds help, but all the work uh, that needs to be done, the self, uh, the work on ourself, self-discovery um, was a huge thing. Uh, it's still a thing. Like it's been six years now, Um and nothing is perfect. I feel great. I feel strong. Uh, but like, I need tools. I need your book and I need, you know, no, but seriously, like things I, I to remind myself. Like, I know. Uh, well, you and I, I mean, your situation was much more severe. Well, you're, I also felt that I hit bottom. I, you know, I felt depersonalization. I didn't, like, I couldn't feel things. I didn't understand I really didn't understand what was happening. I didn't know it was anxiety. I didn't know what was happening. And it was five years ago and I was about to turn 40. So we have, Oh yeah. We have like some things that are similar there. And the person I always want to reach is the me who didn't know. And I bet you always want to reach the you who didn't know, right? Like the you of like 10 years ago or eight years ago. 
And it's a hard person to reach because they don't know. (laughs) They don't know it's mental health. Like most people, if they search mental health, they know it's mental health. How do you reach people that don't know it's mental health? Yeah. Um, So I'm still thinking about that, but I'm curious, how did you make your transition of your career? You decided, okay, I'm feeling better. I'm doing all this stuff. I'm learning. um, And this is now my passion, I assume, right? This became like something really yeah. important to you yeah then the, what yeah so then um i because i went back to work like my recovery i would say was pretty fast so it happened maybe in um in july of that year and that's a 2014 yeah and then i went back to work on a new job in marketing in the diabetes field so in medical device that was end of october so for a severe wow. trauma, and, yes. and I'm not saying that, I'm not bragging. It's just No, it is a severe it, trauma. Yes. It was, yes. Yeah. Severe trauma and then uh, going through recovery. But you know what? I think I needed that. And it's so personal to everybody. Like I felt at that point, I felt better. Uh, not, not 100%, but I felt better. And I think I needed to get that, that win in my pocket, you know, the small wins I was getting, uh, getting better, feeling better. And um, honestly, what I was trying to do is just try to do interviews a different way. So I work with my therapist and she said, well, you know, you stressed out looking for a job when you really got sick and before uh, panic attacks, everything. And I was stressing with all my examples of how are you a leader? How are you like this and that? And then I would say things, I would always be like, oh, this, this example sucks. I'm not good. So I was really losing self-confidence. So she said, let's try something. So apply on a job that you think you would like to do if you want to go back to your old career or whatever. And then uh, just don't over-prepare. Just do the basics and just go try it. So maybe you don't really want the job and you don't care if you don't if you don't get it, and it's gonna be just a practice if you want. So I said, "Yeah, why not?" I went, but I went and I got the job. <laughs> so, and I said, "Well, I'll do the job." So I went back to work three years for that company uh, uh, in Boston. It went well again because it's my field. I experienced, so I was successful. But I had to really to watch out. So I was doing mindfulness a lot. I was breathing at work, no panic attacks. I was able to control myself and and doing work. But still, I was questioning, should I, should I keep going in the business and doing marketing and the same thing? Um, so then I decided at one point, after three years, I decided just to, uh, to quit and just, just try to do something else different and really try to be myself. That's a big point for me. Is I, I was wearing masks a, a lot in my life to please people or uh, just to fit in. And, and um, I just wanted to not overthink and just be myself. So my wife supported me with that. And then when I was researching, I found a, a certified peer specialist. Mm. Says, what the heck is that? So I looked into it and I was like, I wrote it. And I, and I still remember it in, in, on the couch. And I looked at my wife and I was like, I found what I want to do. <laughs> so <laughs> it's I, so great. Exactly. So I can use, you know, use my lived experience to help people. I love that. Uh, and, you know, just, and just from there. So I found like uh, the government. So we're looking to, to do, um, they had a training, a state training. So I, I apply 
they interviewed me, so I was able to do the certified peer specialist training in Boston. So, um, so they, they tell you, uh, you learn how to tell your story, how to help people, uh, non-judging and uh, the whole thing and, and lead peer groups and everything. And I love that because I love people. I love psychology as well. And, uh, and to me, I found it was effortless. Amazing. Because I don't have to overthink. I Amazing. To listen to people and I don't have to tell them what to do. I just need to ask questions and just say, you know what, if you want to hear it, in, in a situation similar to yours, well, I tried this and it worked for me. I don't know if it's going to work for you, but if you want to try it, I can give you a book I have or, or I can help you find what's good, what you think is good for you. So, so I really love the, the government. I think that's amazing. And I've never heard of that role before. Yeah. Is, is it through yeah. the government? How do you, like, how do you find yeah. the people? How do they connect? Yeah, that's good. Uh, good question. Cause, um, uh, I want to touch that topic too. It's, um, so it's more advanced, I would say, in the East and other provinces. Mm-hmm. And I'll come to California shortly. But um, so what they started to do in Quebec as well, I heard in Canada, um, what they found through uh, case studies and real life studies is that um, the, I'll use the word patient because I know it's, sometimes it's, it's a tough, it's a hard word to use. But for lack of another word, people suffering or with challenges, uh, they, they related better with peers, with people yes. who had a similar experience. And yes. we know that, obviously, you're in it and we're yes. in it. Big but when you don't know, you don't know about it. So I'm, I'm a big preacher of it. So peer support. So what they started to do is that they started to integrate peers into medical teams uh, with psychiatrists, therapists, nurses, doctors, uh, either amazing. in the clinic or amazing. I had no idea. That's amazing. That's awesome. So that's why I was like, I need to be that person. I need to go there because it's just, it's just adds another layer uh, deeper. And I'm not saying like therapy is great. We need therapists. We need psychiatrists. It, it's a team effort. So now you go in a little bit like I went to MGH where I had my little team around me. So just add a person that would have gone through my same experience being there and just say, hey, Pat, I'm here if you want to talk and just sometimes just sit and don't say anything and it's fine. So anyways, so they, they were adding these positions into the different roles. So now the government funded trainings free. I, I didn't pay for it. They did interviews. And we were every year, I think like in Massachusetts, they do 30, 50 graduates and it's a it's a real certificate it's a profession um and it's a short course it's not too long i think it's two months uh, part-time you do it you go uh you have to be available but uh maybe two classes per day plus you do a retreat you have you have to be able to tell your story be, be comfortable so depending where you are in your recovery of course they assess so if you're not you don't have to be completely there, but you need to be able to support others and especially self-care because it's hard. Uh, I mean, it's hard work because you help others, you tell your story, it, it drains energy. But so, yeah. So now coming to California, this is not recognized. There was no uh, government supported trainings and program. But the good news is that I'm working with Campro. I told you, we advocate, we were a co-sponsor of a bill, SB803, and um, Governor Newsom just signed it last Friday. So now California has a standardized, will have a standardized 
peer support specialist program and certification, which is awesome because then everybody is at the same level. Uh, The profession will be recognized, uh, more credibility because at first it goes like this with medical team because doctors say, why? You, you just studied eight, like eight weeks or whatever, and now you think you're better than us. No, we don't think we're better than you. We want to collaborate. So, and it was hard to, uh, especially started a little bit more in the East and, and Massachusetts. And it's been like 10, 15 years. They were pushing for that. And in, in California, it's been at least 10 years. And now finally uh, the law passed and there will be a, a training and everything. So that's a huge, huge win. And Does your certificate yeah. stay here too? It works or do you have to do it again? Okay. We don't know yet. My thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, great question. Uh, that's the second part. So first part we lobbied and then we advocate for um, having the law. Now we have something to work with and the next step, and it's funny because we'll, we'll we'll be having workshops uh, next week. I'll be leading that with with my my boss as well. But to have that discussion about having kind of a grandfather uh, a clause that would recognize because don't get me wrong, like California, there's a bunch, there's thousands of peer specialists already working, but they're they've been trained by their employer, mm. and not everybody do the same training. So it, they're at different levels and uh, it's fine. At least there, there's something, there's help, there's peer groups existing. So anybody listening, if you want, just do peer support groups online. You'll find NAMI, N-A-M-I, DBSA. They all have groups uh, multiple times a week online. So the help is there. The, the professionals are there, um, but it's hopefully uh, going to be grandfather. So what we would propose is to, uh, have them recognize so the folks uh, the profit the, in the workforce they've been working maybe for five ten years so they're great they have great experience so maybe they would just pass a test we would just do the test skip the training um, or be right away recognized I don't know it still needs to be determined so, and so yeah. do you so you are working for the group that's that lobbied this and congratulations mm-hmm. that it passed. And are, mm-hmm. does that mean you might be working on like how the trainings work? I mean, are you, are you sort of a person yeah. in this, in this <laughs> area now? Yeah. Yeah. I would hope so. But um, still that is to be determined. I think the way it, it looks is going to go is that every County will, cause there's realities in every County and you know, California better than I do. So, uh, um, so every county have their little uh, reality. So I think they want to leave it to the county. So the local author- uh, health, behavioral health authorities to uh, develop the training or uh, provide the training uh, adapted to their needs. There might be like a framework because I've been working with my boss and, 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 and Campro on what we would propose as an outline of the program because I've done my certification in Boston. So I've been through it. So I was able to help them. And I think that was big value. Uh, I'm not I'm saying that humbly, no, it's <laughs> but true. I think it was value for them because I could help them, but uh, I had to learn about California, the reality, but I was glad just to share what I've learned on my piece, but we've been digging in programs across the U.S. because only California and maybe two, three other states didn't have a a, a, prop, a, a statewide certification. I'm so surprised. I'm so surprised that California, you'd think that California would be more on it, yeah. but, I'm, but we're catching yeah. up. 
Um, yeah, everybody says that because it's pretty progressive here. It's and you think, yeah. I was surprised when I arrived as well. So I said, well, I better roll my sleeve and try to help. But yeah, but it's just, uh, yeah, so it's, um, we'll see. But I'd love to be, that's what, that's what I like to do. Like, I love education, training. I, I've done a bunch, but uh, uh, I, I try, I'm looking at different avenues with my own company and try to put together my own, my own business, try to partner I know Mindshare partners. I talk, uh, I preach about them, and they don't. They them. start to know me a bit because they'll they'll get the, you know, annoyed that I'm always commenting on their posts. They're so stuff. great. They're so great. I love them. <laughs> but okay. I just like to know who's doing great things, honestly, because I I just love that to be to be if I can help, if I can just tell people about it, tell people about you, and just um, and all the the people involved and. Trying to make things change and share and and help it's it's just for the yeah for the greater good. So uh, yeah, Pat, so what is your California? What is your vision in two years from now or three years from now? Like, what would you dream your your work would? What would it look like? I think it, it really cleared out more recently. I would say in the past weeks, uh, like I said, when I reached out to you and also I started to work on my blog, I started to really say, well, yeah, I can do this because it's, it's frightening because coming, especially like from uh, organized frame uh, work environment, you go to the office, you do this kind of job and a business job, which has this and that. And so and now being free, like a free, free a freelancer, free agent. But I always had like that entrepreneurial side of me. And, but I never had like the idea or the willing or the funds and saying, oh, all the reasons not to do it. And, uh, but now like, like my wife, she always had, and now she has a good job too. So, and she's always supported me and uh, even more now and with my peer specialist. So now it's fun because I, it cleared out in my head saying, okay, I can use my business background, uh, even my connections with medical field and the pharma for more uh, the scientific stuff. And if I want to, and then I can use my communication, skill, marketing, et cetera, that I've done. Plus use my peer specialist uh, experience and certification. And that's what I want to do, blend this together. But it became clearer that um, uh, I want to write. I've always been writing. Um, and it's funny because I put, I, when I sent it to you, I put my different names because <laughs> like Patrice Massicot, first, everybody thinks I'm a woman, which <laughs> it's, all, it's okay, but they get, they get surprised. Oh, you're a man. Yeah. There's Patrice woman and Patrice man. <laughs> so I put my pronouns, but uh, like Pat is fine. I put Pat G cause it's easier on blogs. And then, uh, I'm, I have fun with it, but I always been writing a lot. So uh, now I think uh, I, I've done some workshops and saying, yeah, I think I can push that because I love to do it. I want to be a change agent. And I think with the channel that we have now and the opportunity you give me and elsewhere that I'm, I'm working on, uh, it made really clearer that I want to do that, the writing, the communication, but always in an informative, curious. I don't want to tell people what is right, what's not right. It's not the point. It's just raising awareness, break the stigma. Um, Pat, I am so excited for you to be connected in with Beautiful Voyager, to be contributing, to have a column, like whatever we figure out. I just, I feel like your experience is amazing and your story is very special. And 
I just am so grateful and thankful that you found me and that we're going to get to work together. It's going to be really exciting. Yeah, it's great. And we'll have fun with it too. I think so. (laughs) As you can notice, I I love to laugh, especially laughing at myself. So Me too, uh, same. (laughs) You and I have a lot in common, I think. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's great. Um, So I think it's almost time to wrap up. Is there any, do you have a little win that you would like to share? Have you had anything in your life lately that has, and it could be anything that was a win for you? Yeah, uh, we talked a lot about finding uh, ourselves and finding like finding my way, finding you, and especially. And I'm not saying that just to to keep uh, <laughs> to keep <laughs> you know sending you flowers and stuff, but it's true. But I think that's that's a big win. Just uh, having the guts and really having clear in my head, I'm I'm running with it, and um, uh, that's what I want to do. And uh, just to uh, yeah, clarify what I want to do with myself. And that, that's a, that's a big it's win, huge. but. Uh, I wonder yeah. if you should write in French as well, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's right. And people ask me about that and they say, because it's my first language yeah. and uh, um, it's, uh, yeah, I write like I journal and I write, uh, I write a bunch of things and um, uh, different, different, different kind of, uh, of stuff, not just mental health. If and you want to do more. French posts on the beautiful Voyager too, I would be super into it. I just think it's yeah. very cool to reach other people, you know, in different ways. Oh yeah. So you have to, uh, how's your French? It's, your French. Good. I mean, yeah. c'est pas mal. <laughs> oh, wow. That's good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. So great. So yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Cool. Um, yeah. So, um, and I found uh, maybe uh, I know you like to exchange uh, tricks and things that we found and experience. I don't know if uh, people know or you know, but I came across a podcast. It's called the the hilarious world of depression. I love it. I love from, it. I've written about it. Yes, I you love it. it. Yes, and I love it. And unfortunately, so he if you know more about if you know more of these, I just love it because, like he says, like. No, depression is not funny and anxiety and everything, but we can, there's a way. And like, I've been to the, when I, I didn't want to go to support groups, it just, I'll just leave you with that. At first I was like, no, I'm not going to support groups. This is so depressing. Everybody's going to cry and hug. I was like, no way. And then when I went there, I was like, wow, I was so wrong. And even depression groups, we were laughing. Like I know. People don't I mean, believe me. Most stand-up comedians, many stand-up comedians it. are depressed. I mean, it's like a real yeah. thing. Yeah, it is. So sidebar. <laughs> so I but yes, I by the way, I do ahead. have recommendations yeah. for you. I'm gonna put it in the Slack yeah. channel. I actually wrote a post including the hilarious world of depression and other ones that are like that. Oh, right. Okay. I'm I'll gonna go share back. that with you. Yeah, yeah, I'll go back. I have catch up to do, so I'll do that. <laughs> Pat, awesome. thank you so much. This is fantastic. I'm really excited people will get to know you. And we can yeah, even yeah. link to this maybe in your in your post so that people can see more about you and sort of get to know you a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Thanks so thank you so much. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right.